Welcome to Uncharted Journeys. I'm your host, Kathy McKnight. And if, like me, you've ever sat back and wondered, how did I get here, whether literally or figuratively in terms of your career or life in general, then you're in good company and have come to the right place. On Uncharted Journeys, you'll hear from amazing women about their straight and narrow, zigzaggy, and somewhere in between paths to success. Today's guest is an entrepreneur, business and success coach, growth consultant, and fellow podcaster. She has a knack for sales, the gift of gab, and, a power, and the power to persuade, and you don't even realize it, which makes her such an in-demand coach. Like so many of my guests, she has a passion for creativity and helping people. She's evolved her passion for art and teaching to a unique space where she gets to meet really interesting people, work with fantastic companies, and continue her own adventure and learning. So welcome, Caroline Kay. Oh, thank you so much, Kathy. What a wonderful introduction. I think that's the best one yet. Oh, fantastic. All right. Well, thank you so much for, for being here. Um, I shared the highlight reel, but maybe tell our audience a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, of course. Um, well, I think now it's probably to say that in this leg of my journey, you mentioned there that this sort of passion for art and teaching and it's brought me full circle into becoming a business coach. And I uh, kicked off my own company 2019. So a few years ago now, and it was really a lifelong ambition to start a business and be an entrepreneur. And something always stopped me. And I think the biggest thing that stopped me was myself. I always had the fear. I always had the, can I really do it? Um, what will I be giving up? You know, isn't it better to just have a safe job, safe salary? And um, yeah, maybe I'll do it next year. And that went on and on and on <laughs> for a long time until the point where I'd sort of risen to the top in my career and I got to a really good place. I was working for a fantastic company with amazing people, traveling the world. Um, and I just wasn't getting that deep sense of fulfillment that I really wanted, that I'd read about, dreamt about, watched movies about from being a kid. And I just went, I'm missing that and I want to have it. And I did a bit of a sabbatical for three months and I basically did some inner work and some deep searching and I worked with a coach and you can hear that in my language. I did the inner work, but I did that and I, I really found that that passion and that dream of being an entrepreneur and setting up my own business was something that I needed to do. And that was my moment. So that's what kicked it all off. And the coaching side of things, like you mentioned with the, the teaching is, so just a bit more backstory on that was uh, I came to Rome and I was failing miserably at learning Italian. And I really wanted, I mean, I can, I sound good in restaurants, but that's about it, Kathy. Have you ever been to Italy? <laughs> I have. And you know what? I, I, I'm part of my commitment for this year. I try and make a, take on a new um, challenge, uh, which each year I just had my birthday. So this year is my commitment to Spanish. I love Italian, but the fact that it's really only spoken in one country, I figure I'm probably better off with Spanish. So I had the same dilemma because I thought exactly the same thing. And for my career, which was in business development, it to speak Spanish would be really useful. But the business coach I was working with said to me, don't do it for work. If you're going to learn a language, it's because you're doing it for yourself. So do, um, do a language that, that would bring you a lot of joy. And I went, what, do something that's not going to help my career. That was just alien to me. That's what I had done, you know, since university, it was all about prospects and what I can do next. Um, and I went, okay, well, if I'm just doing it for the joy of doing it, I'm going to do Italian. Turns out it's really hard. <laughs> Spanish is just as difficult. So, you know, it <laughs> doesn't make it easier because you love it. <laughs> but because um, I really wanted to spend some time out here and I just sort of set off on this quest. Um, you know, I start off with a three-week language course that turned into three months. 
and I find myself still here four years later and still, you know, average, but I can get by. I can be understood. That's the most important thing. <laughs> it absolutely is. And, and clearly, not only are you being understood, but you're being heard because you're an in-demand coach. You've got podcasts. We were just talking about some of the the other podcasts that we've both been on as guests. So um, kudos to you. So let's get into it. Um, I always like to cue it off with a few standard questions for all of my guests. So you're now this coach. Previously to that, you were you were commissioned to do sculptures and working with some really cool clubs and whatnot um, in London. So, But as a kid, what is the first career you remember wanting to be when you grew up? I wanted to be an Olympian and I wanted to um, be on the British team for eventing. And this was born out of, there's a really old American movie called International Velvet and it's very romantic and it's very much about a young girl training with her horse to get to the Olympic level. And I must've watched that a hundred times over at least. And it was just, I wanted to be her. I wanted to go all the way to the top, take my horse around the world. That was the dream. And, uh, I followed it mainly because it was my mum's passion, biggest passion in the world, horses. And uh, I did it every single day, training, going to different competitions, getting good. And at 16, I became British junior champion of England. And I was super proud of that. And I had my picture in the paper and I'm like, amazing. I don't know if this is what I really want to do with my life. This is like, it's hard work and it's it takes every ounce of energy and effort. And I was at that age where I just was curious about what's the rest of the world like? What's it like to go out with friends? What's it like to, you know, have holidays? What's it like to do different things other than get up, ride my horse and train? And it's such a big commitment. And I think if it's your your dream and your passion, it's the thing to do. But when it was just, I think it was my mum's passion and it was like, me falling in love with a movie and an ideal, but not really figuring out who I am and what what really matters to me. So I'd never done that work. And I just decided that it wasn't getting me up out of bed in the morning anymore. And so this needed to be something that I figured out. What is it that I really want to do rather than just keep following sort of an ideal that you sort of <laughs> brought up with? Makes sense? Absolutely. So do you still ride? I don't anymore. Um, I mean, I could get on a horse if I wanted to, but um, I had some pretty bad accidents. And one of them was so bad that uh, I had bleeding on the brain and nearly died. And um, after that, I I didn't really want to ride other people's horses. So I decided that if I was going to ride a horse again, it needed to be mine. And again, that's a whole nother life change to do that. So I've stopped riding for now. (laughs) All right. Well, it sounds like your mom was a pretty big influence on your life. Who can you remember who the first big influencer was on your life? And, you know, whether it was really young or whether it was at that age of 16, where so many high performance athletes sit back and reflect and think, you know, is this what I want to do and and spend the next 10 years of my life doing it? Or, you know, what else is out there? Do you remember somebody who influenced might have been your mom? Yeah, she was a pretty big influence in my life, mainly because she was my number one champion. No matter what it is that I said I wanted to do, she was like, you can do it. Just, just you know, go at it 110%. And uh, I, I think, you know, in terms of, I mentioned that movies are a really big influence for me. And I think I was always in love with um, anything produced and done by Walt Disney and the world of film and the world of the magical and the, the hero journey and all of that. I just found it, 
so inspiring and so amazing. And I kind of wanted to be the hero of my story. And I wanted to go out there and like find that adventure. That was a really big thing for me. And I, so I think partly it was, you know, seeing even like Walt Disney himself like being the best director in the world, like creating Walt Disney and the business he made and the chains he's done and the lives he's impacted. I just think that's so inspiring. And so I kind of wanted to build up in that way. But for sure, my mum was number one. <laughs> Um, I'm, yes, I'm, there's a theme amongst the women that I'm speaking with, very strong maternal um, influences. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so uh, maybe an easier question. What song epi- epitomizes your career path? Is that an easy question, Kathy? <laughs> maybe not. I, I know. know. It's, it's a tricky one. Um, what song epitomizes my goodness? Um, I think it would be, oh, let me try and remember the name. Okay. I think it would definitely be an Elton John song. I'm trying to remember the name. Uh, oh, what was his name? Um, I'm Still Standing. That one. That's a great one. Yeah. That I think an excellent one. It's, uh, that is definitely, it resonates so well because it's so upbeat and happy and positive. And that's 100% how I think of myself. But also because it, it's like, it's all about those knockdowns that you have. It's all about those changes in directions and those pivots and those decisions to take a different course and, you know, it not work out and then go, okay, I'm going to pick myself back up again. And I'm going to do it again. And I think that one just works, whether it's heartbreak or whether it's the wrong decision or it's entering the wrong career and going, oh, God, I got to go do it all again. I think it really, um, that song is definitely the one that epitomizes it. And that's definitely, I mean, when you talk about, you know, getting knocked down and there's always the choice of whether you stay down or whether you get up. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that, and you talk about positivity and, and pushing forward. So I think that fits you just spot on. <laughs> um, all right. Next question. What would the street name for your career be if it was an actual road? Perhaps something in Italian? <laughs> Ooh, again, if my Italian was that fluent, I would give that to you. But I would say that, um, my biggest thing is, uh, making connections and you know having the sort of energy from other people take me forward and I so I think I'd call it connector road that would be my street name and just about how you know by having those pivotal moments where you meet those people that inspire you those people that influence you um I think it's they change your path they change the way you move forward and going back to your Um, focus of this show it's absolutely about you know is it a zigzag or is it straight it's never straight because you're going to meet someone that takes you off course and that's an exciting journey in itself so tell us a little bit more about your career journey so as I mentioned you started off and you were doing you know not only selling but commissioning and building and, and creating these sculptures and then moving on to to different aspects working with some great agencies so what's that journey been like what's the path been for you um the path has been one of feel the fear and do it anyway. It's um, absolutely been um, kind of shooting really high and going, well, if I don't make it, at least I tried. And I'm always sort of pushing the envelope as far as it will go and scaring myself. And a lot of my friends go, oh, you're so brave. You're so fearless. And I'm thinking, I don't feel it, <laughs> but I'm doing it anyway. So I think that's sort of been my journey. I mean, when I decided to, to give up the writing, um, the only other thing I really loved was art. So I went off um, to, and I was at college and I was doing um, 
creating sculptures and I absolutely loved it. And I was making really big things and I, I seemed to get my eye in and be able to do it pretty well. And when I went off to university, there was a, an entrepreneurial piece, like a business module, where we had to learn about how to package up our skills and be able to put a business plan together and get yourself a role in a career. And that was the best part, I think, of the whole degree and the bit I really enjoyed. And I think that was a sort of stepping stone for where I am today. And um, But part of it was, you know, my uni lifestyle was quite expensive. I tended to like to go out. And so I <laughs> needed some cash. So I thought, well, let's put this into action now and see if I can uh, make some money. So I was working in a bar at the time and the guy said, you know, show me your art. So I did. And he was like, hey, you're pretty good. And I'm like, thanks very much. And he goes, do you want to do something for us? And I was like, love to. And so we did some work together and um, he put it in for an award. He won an award. Uh, the rest of the club if you like of, of who created this um this club it's called revolution bars it's a big chain across the uk there's like 78 bars and the, the head office saw it they called me and were like this is great like could you do some more for us for all the different bars and i was like well it's just me in my mum and dad's garage uh i'm not really sure how i'm gonna do 78 of them and they were like oh, well the, the contract's yours if you want it so let us know we'll give you a week and in that week i did a lot of soul searching and all the fear came up but it was bigger than the fear it was just i'm not sure this is what i really want to do because actually building and creating wasn't what i loved what i loved was coming up with a a, a new idea or fixing a challenge or a problem and so, I, and the part that I really enjoyed was connecting with the bar owner and saying, what are you trying to sell? What are you trying to promote? And what are the great ideas we could use to help you do that? And so that's what got me into creative services in London. And I went and did new business development for large creative agencies, whether that was marketing or um, something in retail marketing specifically. And then it went into sort of advertising and, and all different kind of wonderful retail brand experiences. And I loved what I did because again, it was consulting with clients. What do you need to do? What are you trying to sell? what would be the big idea that'll help you get there? So um, really, really enjoyed that work. And um, it, like I say, you kind of were climbing to the top of this sort of career because you, when you enjoy what you do, you get good at it. It's just it's just natural. Um, and But then I got all the way to the top and I'm like, well, what's next? And I feel like I've stopped learning. I feel like I'm just doing the same thing, new new challenge, but but it's a different day and it's the same. And And I think that's when... I think that's how everybody sort of falls out of love with what they do is when it stops being part of your growth and learning and development and stretching you out of your comfort zone. And that's when it's, uh, that's when it's time for a change. I think that's the real tell. So I got to ask, did, I'm assuming you didn't do the sculptures? I, not for the bar, for the, I did, um, I did it for three different, I did a couple of clubs um, a couple of different bars in the northern region. And so I think it was about five different commissions in total. Um, I didn't do the 76 because it was the same thing 76 times over. And I was like, well, hey, that's really boring. And B, it's like, well, I don't have a production factory to like churn these things out, nor do I want to organize it. So it wasn't the way I wanted to go. But that was the first chance to set up a business. And I was really excited by that, but completely daunted at the same time, like, oh, God payroll, HR, how do I figure that out? Like, how do I organize people? Ah, the tax man, yikes, you know, all of it was just terrifying at 21. You just weren't really sure that was the route. I felt I didn't know enough and have an exper enough experience. But it's funnily enough, you know, if you took the leap, you would have, I would have figured it out. I would have learned all those things and I would have found people to help me. But I think you really have to have 
the end goal, like the desire to reach that point has to be so strong that you'll work through all that stuff. But if it's not, if you're kind of like, oh, this has been offered to me, but do I really want to do it? Oh, you're not going to do all those hard tasks and challenges to get you there if it's, um, you're not really sure. It's like, oh, you just see all the barriers and go, do you know what? I'm going to do something else. Let's just, let's do something different. But moving to London was a pretty big thing because I'm a girl from Yorkshire and, and up in the north. And so to move down to London, the big smoke, that was kind of pretty giant. And uh, I remember like everyone's thinking I was completely mad from the north. And I was like, well, including my family. And I was like, well, I think I had a month's rent in my bank account. And I went, I'll give it a month. If I get a job, I'll stay. And if I don't, I'll come home. Nothing ventured, nothing gained, you know, just give it a whirl. And that's always sort of been the attitude of that feeling the fear and doing it anyway. It's kind of give yourself a timeline, financial runway, <laughs> go all in. <laughs> and if it happens, it happens. But when you're that determined and you've got that time frame, it's amazing what you can get done. Absolutely. So, you know, there's there's been some natural segues between the businesses and the the challenges that you've you've tackled and taken on. And I love what you said. You know, when you're not when you don't have the desire, when you don't have that passion, you know, even when you've gotten really good at something and it becomes a little more easy, for lack of a better way of yeah. putting it, if you still don't have that desire to do it better, stronger, faster, then it's time to move yeah. on. And I I couldn't agree with you more. So, you know. Business coach can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. Um, in some of the research that I did for you, I, I heard, and you mentioned earlier about your your learning Italian and, and your trip to to Italy, and you spent some time in Vatican City. Your friends referred to it as your eat, pray, love experience. Um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, you know, was that the defining moment that that moved you into where you are today? Was there something else where some decision, action, something significantly that impacted the trajectory to get you where you are today? Yeah, a couple of things spring to mind uh, because there's definitely those moments that kind of leap you forward a bit a bit more. And the main one was, I mentioned that when I moved out to Rome, um, my Italian was not great. And so I was trying my best to learn it, but my savings were going all the way down. And I was thinking, well, I don't know how much longer I can sustain this. Let's just have time to figure it out. So um, I got a job as an English teacher just to keep some money coming in, just to give me more time to think. Because the worst thing you can do is run out of money when you're trying to chase a new dream. So it's always important to have those side hustles and get money coming in. But it turned out that I absolutely loved teaching English. I found it so rewarding and so fulfilling to help other people achieve their goals. And they wanted to learn a language, mainly speaking English, to improve their career or to enable them to move to another country and, and do something they wanted to do. And I thought it was really amazing and to see all these really ambitious people. So I was teaching adults. And they had the contract in the Vatican, and that's how I ended up there, the, the school I was working for. And when I went into the Vatican, I was teaching the restorers, I was teaching the photographers, it was all the creative guys within the Vatican museums, and they were just so inspiring, their stories, what they've been doing, where they've been going, and they connected me to different people. And they would listen to me about my story and, and what I used to do in, in London. And so it sort of naturally evolved where they kind of said to me, um, oh, could you help my wife? She's actually um, the head producer of the main TV station here in Rome. And she needs some help pitching for a, a new um, TV program to get the rights to it because they're fighting and competing with all the rest of Europe to get the main rights. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. Super exciting. Of course. Let me go and chat to her. And then th that would be one conversation. Then 
that would be a referral. And, and it's like anywhere in the world, but I think it's even more prominent in Rome that it's all about word of mouth and who you know and people connecting you and putting you forward. Oh, that's a good person to speak to. Have a conversation with her. And somebody came to me um, and she was looked for an equity partnership in a law firm. She's a real estate lawyer, really top of her game, but she really wanted this equity partnership. Um, and so she came to me and initially, let's just see my English is okay. But actually, it turned out that uh, the presentation needed a lot of work and uh, it needed a lot of um, polishing, but also it needed some strategy and it needed a lot of work on her mindset and her confidence in terms of how she presented herself and how she walked into the room um, because she was an absolute megastar. But when she walked in the room, she had her shoulders hunched, she had her head down. That air of confidence was not there. It was more kind of, um, is it okay if I speak kind of feeling? That's not okay. She needed to walk in there and own the room and she needed to be really confident. And the work I did with her to polish her pitch and allow her to bring out her personality and really shine in terms of who she is and what she's accomplished and why she would be an asset to that business was when I just suddenly, it all clicked. It rather than teaching people English, but actually teaching people you know, how to move ahead, how to get what they want and their goals. That suddenly was the light bulb moment for me. I was like, this is what I was put here to do. And a few months later, she called me when she was London. Uh, she called me when she was going in for the big meeting. And she called me straight after saying they walked, they followed me out the room and said, that is the best presentation we've ever seen. Uh, we shouldn't be telling you this, but you will be having a call from us tomorrow and you should be proud of yourself. And she got a call and an, or an email from every single person on the panel. There were six people on the panel and they all messaged her saying, we cannot wait to work with you. We were so inspired by your story. And and that, again, just, just reinforced, this is what I should be doing. This is it. So, um, And I was working with a coach all the way through while I was going on this exploration of careers and what should I do and, and what is it that lights me up and figuring that out is so important like figuring out what puts the fire in your belly what makes you really excited what makes you feel like you found your vocation and so when that hit I was like okay that's it that that in itself is a case study to talk about what I can do but also this is this is an option to now to really explore coaching get qualified get certified and move ahead and this is the business I want to create. That's amazing. What a great story. And, and so wonderful, the evolution. You know, I'm, I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. So the decisions we make put us in the places where we need to be at that time to learn the lesson, whatever it is that we're meant to learn, right? And not to get spiritual or anything like that, because I'm certainly, you know, very grounded in just being here and, and accounting for yourself. But what a wonderful aha moment to have with someone and the fact that they ended up with so much benefit as well. I mean, I'm sure that's a story that she tells so many people about, you know, this help that she got from this, this Brit, um, and, and, you know, yes. changed her life. So that's, that's fantastic. And I imagine, you know, a lot of that is what drives you to, to get up in the morning, but you know, what are some of the other things, what are some of the challenges and compromises that you've got to make? Cause I can't imagine that it's all, you know, peaches and cream. Yeah, uh, there are plenty of challenges and compromises. And um, some of the things it's about questioning whether, you know, am I in the right place? Do I need to be back in the UK? Do I need to be going to those different networking events? I mean, funnily enough, I started my company and then you know, eight, nine months later, COVID hit. So at the end of the day, you kind of that made that decision for me. And I kind of was like, okay, I'm staying in Italy because it's uh, no fly at the moment. But then there's certainly times where I think that, you know, we've come out of that now and everyone's getting back into real life. And it's kind of, am I in the right place? Do I need to be here? Do I need to be there to drive my business forward? And it's sort of questioning 
the way that I operate because a lot of the things that and strategies that I teach is about, you know, how to connect with people, how to build trust, how to build your network. And, and I really do believe that's one of the most valuable assets anybody has. And there's a question of, you know, doing everything online it can take you months, even years to build that trust. But walking into a room and having conversations with people, really connecting with them, you can build trust in seconds and you can really start to progress and grow your business. So being really active and out there, I wonder constantly, I question, is this making it more difficult? But what I love is that um, actually there's this sort of double-edged sword to this, which is the other side of it is that, you know, by keeping in connection with your network, you know, even being connected with yourself um, through our good friend Ian, it's amazing. It's just how actually, you know, through those connections that we've we've got, we can actually keep growing, keep building. But it is about being that constant connector. I think that's so, so important. Um, But I think I do miss having those challenges of just, you know, being around lots of people. I think everybody does. We're all kind of desperate to get back to those real life events. Um, And my Italian is still not strong enough, sadly, to be holding court in a room. (laughs) I I keep practicing. (laughs) I'm not quite there. Um, But I would say that um, some of the other challenges that come with you know, running your own business is, is kind of, if you look it up online and they'll tell you these, these classics, it's no big surprise, but, you know, being able to have a regular income, it's not something that when you start out, you've got a lot to learn. You've got a lot to figure out. You've got to figure out who your customer is, what your niche is. And even if you know all this stuff, you still need to go on the journey. You still need to explore it, discover it, work with as many people as you can, learn what you like, what you don't like, see where you get the biggest results with people, see where you don't, crystallize your methodology. There's so much learning. And I think that's a big challenge that comes up again and again. And I'm always looking for ways to speed this up because I think by working with somebody who's trodden the path before, you can speed up this journey much, much quicker. Um, and so I myself have worked with business coaches as well to help me. Like, how did you do it? How did you build your business totally online? How do I do that? And that's sort of me constantly trying to grow and and learn things. And then I can hand those learnings down to my clients as well, which is a, it's always a benefit. And I think everything is circle nobody has it totally figured out everyone is on their own journey everyone is learning and and that's what keeps me in this role satisfied happy and getting out of bed every morning like you say because I'm always learning and that's that's a really great thing I couldn't agree with you more and so I mean you've really you've you've come so far and you've you've tried so many different things and really followed your heart as you said earlier to get to where you are today so this might be a bit of a, a difficult question, and if, if if there isn't an answer, that's okay too. If you weren't a coach, what would you be? I'm going to have to think about this. I'm thinking. I feel like I found my vocation. I feel like I'm doing the work I'm meant to do. So to try and imagine something else. It's actually, do you know what I do know? I do. The other thing that I would do if my body would allow me, which it does not, I've currently got a broken ligament in my ankle. And that's because my biggest passion is playing tennis. And I would love to reset the clock, go back to being a little kid, not ride the horse, but play tennis every single day and get to Wimbledon finals. And I think about my age now, I'd be retiring, which I'd also be okay with. <laughs> like That would be not a problem for me. But yeah, I would love to be a pro tennis player. I feel like I missed my moment. I found tennis too late in life and my body can't keep up with my ambition. <laughs> For sure. Well, so 
Agreed. So, you know, again, I love I love the parallels that we've got. My grandmother was actually the Canadian women's tennis champion wow. in uh, the early 1900s. So 19, I think it was around 18 or so. Um, so we are a tennis family. Um, my dad at 82 still plays four times a week. Wow. So you did not find it too late. <laughs> and I am booking my trip to Italy yes, please. so that you can teach me some Italian that we can go and you can take me to all your favorite restaurants and we can play some tennis. Oh, absolutely. You've said <laughs> all my favorite things there, Kathy. Let's do it. <laughs> um, all right. So as we wrap up, and this has been absolutely delightful uh, for our listeners, particularly the women in our audience, what would be your best piece of advice to share with them today? I think it has to be follow your heart, you know, do what you love. Life is too short to have regrets. And I think the biggest regret anyone will ever have is not trying. So try and do that thing that you've been dreaming about, thinking about, keep putting off, keep thinking I'll do it later. You know, there is no later. Now is later. You're there. You need to do it. You need to just put your big girl pants on and go out there and give it a go. And if it doesn't work out, you will have learned so much. You'll be a bigger, better person for trying. And nobody will have anything but respect for you for doing it. So go out there and try now. Amazing. Thank you so much. Um, and for our audience, where can they find you? They can find me on my website, which is www.carolineK.co. My surname's K-A-Y. Or you can come across me on LinkedIn or Instagram, which is just Caroline K Success. And if for the Twitterati out there, it's Caroline K Co on Twitter. So yeah, check me out on any of those socials or come and see me. And if you're on LinkedIn, do send me a, an invitation invite and be sure to tell me that you heard about me through Kathy's amazing podcast, Uncharted journeys i would love to know your big takeaway from this show and what is the big thing you're going to go and try all right well caroline thank you so much for today's conversation truly inspiring um i may switch from spanish to italian for my language this year um and to my audience thanks for listening to uncharted journeys with me your host kathy mcknight i hope you enjoyed our conversation with caroline and how following your heart can lead you to be the hero of your own story if you're keen to hear more amazing stories from amazing women, join me next week when I'll be speaking with Jessica Bergman, Vice President of Content Strategy and Customer Marketing at Salesforce, and learn how her journey from Kansas City to Germany to San Francisco has led her to leading a team of content experts at one of the world's leading tech companies. As always, you can head over to unchartedjourneys.net to sign up for our email list, as well as check out the links and resources in the show notes. I may put a few in Italian. And thanks again for listening. See you next time. And until then, enjoy the journey. Your blood like winter freezes just like ice And there's a cold and lonely light that shines from you You wind up like the wreck you hide behind that mask you use And did you think this fool could never win? Well look at me, I'm coming back again I got a taste of love in a simple way And if you need to know while I'm still standing You just fade away Don't you know I'm still standing Better than I ever did Looking like a true survivor Feeling like a little kid 